You did some research, Aldo. Yes, there. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when I got these glasses in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first set? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got this in the summer, man. They, the DMV said, sir, you need glasses. I said, show you right. Welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. My name is Aldo Martin. And I'm Cousin Eddie. And together, we're going to explore what it's like to be in and leave a religious cult. For more info on the Reclamation Podcast, find me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Aldo B. Martin. ICOC. <laughs> because that's actually the new iteration of it. I don't know if you knew that. I did. Yes, I did. Because people who have discipled me, you know, the catchphrase, um, what was it? What was the term we like better? Uh, supervised. Okay. Supervised. Cause it is that. So the people who supervised me, um, they had family in the other one. So when it broke, one went one way and one went another and they were from the same family. So oh boy, oh boy. That's, that's, that's just, the only reason I know. That just got a, a, another layer. Cousin Eddie, please. Um, we apologize because <laughs> no, there's, apologize. there's there's a lot going down here. All right, so Rochelle, so there's there's a lot happening, right? Oh there's a gosh. lot happening in the church. You're exhausted. You're you're looking for something. Uh, your your needs aren't being met, right? And 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 we are, and it's hard to identify what those needs are, and it's hard to communicate what those needs are, right? Especially with a group who. You know, you tell them something and they just, you know, say, hey, read a scripture, right? Like they just prescribe a scripture for, 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 you know, whatever reason. But you mentioned that the final straw for you leaving was that you no longer wanted to see people being hurt. Being abused is the word I used. Can you please speak to leadership? That? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't go out quietly. You, you know, I found, like we'd said before, I joined in 14. Wait, hold on. One I'm, I'm sorry, I, Michelle. Grief. Oh, give yeah. me one. I'm sorry. I just have to say this part. I'm going to let you, but I just Go need to it. say this one part. Cousin Eddie, you missed the best part of the episode so far. Mm -hmm. <gasps> I asked her what was her level of, in, of in, involvement mm -hmm. with the organization. And uh, Rochelle, if you could just please repeat what you said. Uh, I said it was balls to the wall. <laughs> we're so far in that's what i said <laughs> i didn't know another way to say it the, the name the name of this episode I mean, is truly balls to the wall balls to the wall there you go that's that's it so divine Rich intervention so rochelle you were saying so uh people abused by the leadership yeah well so what i like i said i joined in 14 and i found grief my father killed himself in 15 I worked on myself hard, all of 16, and I was trained in 17. So from 17 to 19, actually, I lie, from the moment I found grief recovery until the day I left, I was talking to anyone who would listen, having meetings, talking, advocating for people, because I came in in a program. You, I think you'd mentioned one of those programs before. Uh, mine was called Healing Grace that I was going to while I was studying the Bible. That was oh, part of the church, Healing I was, Grace. I was going to ask you what Healing Grace was. Yeah, it was It was basically, now I know we were coming in with grief from different types of events. And there was a book. It was a, you know, one of the disciple books. 
and there was a book and there was a person in the church who was willing to lead this class. And I was in this class with people from all different congregations, not just ours in Santa Clarita. There were people traveling from other ICOC um, congregations. So we would be in this class. So when I found grief recovery, I knew right away, there are people who need this. This is really good. There are people who need this. So from that moment on, I was talking about this program that I know works. Like I said, it's evidence-based. Go for it. So are you saying that you, you entered the church in 2014? Yes. And then your 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 father passed away, uh, committed uh, through, by, suicide by suicide in mm-hmm. 2015. Yes. And from 2016 and 2017, you came across this grief recovery method program. Definitely. And and it was helping you process what was happening or what happened to your dad. It's expertly done. My dad abuse I'd endured in my life, just everything. Sixteen moves by the time mm-hmm. I was fourteen, just all kinds of stuff. It's and, not just for death. And, okay. And and so there was a, a lot of stuff that was helping you process. And while you were in the church, you were telling other church members about this method? All day. The first experience I had, I told someone, I found this class. I think it's going to be really great. Of course, I'm very excited all the time. And uh, my response that I got was, you should only need God. So eventually, when I came to leave, that was a huge fire spot. Really? If we only need God, why is there a table full of books back there? What's that about? Why can't we add one that we know works and helps people? Are we not here to help people? What's happening? Go for it. So you were, <laughs> so you found another resource to try to help people, and you were met with um, resistance, a ton, right? yeah. or just flat out silence, and that was. To answer your question from before, um, I knew the people were being abused because of my role in grief recovery. They would sort of secretly come to me and and take my class and I would help them. But also just being a a person who's pretty easy to talk with, I think, plus it's my training. People would, whether they were my student or not, they would tell me what was going on in their life and how maybe their supervisor had responded. It was horrendous, the things I would hear and how people would respond. So it, it, it really sounds like you're, you had a really <clears throat> un- unique vantage point where you were going through this program. You were also in yeah. leadership, so you were seeing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and people that were hurting in the church or were you know suffering in some sort of way, they were coming to you, like through a back channel, like a roundabout yeah. kind of way for support. Definitely. So you saw a lot of these things. So it's almost no wonder you left. No? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I was suffocating. I was mm. burning up from the inside. Mm. Uh, and I couldn't be quiet because I knew this, this helps people and the people need it because I hear the stuff all day long. And I felt stifled. I was ignored. I was, um, you know, it wasn't a God-centered program mm-hmm. from the ICOC uh, top down. So people were just left hurting and given really shit, junk, bad 
bad information. <laughs> it's okay. It's shitty. It's shitty. okay. It's gonna be explicit today. I don't know. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just gonna check the box. We're just gonna oh check the word. box. It's okay. We'll check the box. I apologize to you in advance. You're getting an email, Aldo. I don't know. Listen, man, we already said balls to the wall, so it's, it is what it is. <laughs> It's so like the, it's like the Super Bowl halftime show. We get uh, you know ICC complaints all the time. Holy it's, smokes! It's, it's all good. So you you said that the church lost a lot of people because yeah. it did not know how to hear people. A hundred percent. Can you speak to that? Yeah. Well, I know in my in my work and training, people need to be heard without advice, analysis, or fixing. And you know, Aldo, what happens? Someone comes to you, and as a supervisor with Mm -hmm. ICOC, you have your memorized scriptures that you're supposed to tell them. Advice. I've heard other people. I don't know if it was Christina, Dr. Melton. I don't know who it was. Maybe all three people I've listened to so far, but people were not allowed to think for themselves, everything people had to get advice on. So I could see that we were dividing them as though their, their humanness and their spirit, like their body and their spirit were separate. And I didn't think that was true because they weren't even allowed to speak on their own. So yeah, it was, people were constantly giving advice and I had someone very close to me who was suicidal and, um, because this person was very young, she was sent to someone who she kind of looked up to in the campus, the college ministry. Mm-hmm. This girl doesn't know anything. She's in the campus ministry. She has no training. What is she, 21 maybe? She has no training on what to do with a severe matter like this. And that, that, that was it. And it was never mentioned again. She said her dumb little scripture things, and it was never mentioned again. Ever, not to my knowledge. I don't know how it became okay for them to act in these mental health matters. They're just telling people the scriptures to repeat, but there's no training. So it's dangerous. They're taking people's lives in their hands. And I couldn't, I could not watch that anymore. They wouldn't hear me to change it. Yeah. And they just kept, I mean, I I know of someone who, was um, taken, a married couple was essentially kind of raped by their, by their spouse. And that was not addressed. That was shushed and shut down and, um, you know, scriptured away. And that's what I mean, that there was just this rehearsal of certain scriptures or the questions of where are you in your faith or what's your faith like or what have you been reading lately or how's your walk with God? It's freaking great, but my human life is suffering. Can you help me there? I, that's just the whole story. They were uh, they didn't hear people ever, wow. and that's dangerous, I think. You perhaps you 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 touched on it, but I'd like to know explicitly. When people say the Bible is all you need, hmm. especially in that church, you, you certainly disagree with that. Can you tell us why you disagree with that? I think the Bible is, is amazing. I do. And I pick that thing apart backwards and forwards, all different versions. But what's in there is a picture of, of a goal. 
but it's not always the how to get there. I mean, for example, if the Bible is all we need, why do we have gyms? Why do we even have leadership? I could just read the Bible then, right? It didn't make sense to me. The Bible is fantastic, and it's a great set of, of, of principles and ideas, but it's not the how. And so to, I believe it's abusive. It's so misleading to tell someone, well, you, sh- you should be like this and not tell them how to do that. Our children need to learn how to ride a bike. You should be riding your bike. You're 11. But the, nobody takes the time to teach them how to do it. That's just breaking their spirit down and leaving them feeling worthless and not good enough. Mm. And I don't think that's appropriate. That's not the loving message that I get from the Bible. I understand. I I, I do understand. And the reason I'm asking these questions is because, you know, we began uh, the conversation with people that are in the church perceiving us who have left as these angry, bitter people. Uh Who, who, who are having these emotional meltdowns, and that's, yeah. why, and that's why we left. But in actuality, for many of us, these are things that we've thought through and work through, think through, and live through. Oh, yeah. and, and, and it's a never-ending thing, you know? Yeah. I want to I talk a little bit about your, your, your dad, if you mm, don't mind. Go ahead. Of course. So he died by suicide. How did that moment impact your relationship with the church mm. and and how did the church attempt to meet your needs with that good question um okay so the first thing i need to be clear on because i can be confusing sometimes my biological father died by suicide i have an adopted father as well so it was my biological father who died and uh I hadn't spoken with him in a couple of years. We were estranged for a lot of the life. He wasn't around a lot to raise me. So uh, when he died, we, my husband and I led the, uh, the youth, the fifth and sixth graders. And that was my favorite thing to do ever. But we would. You mean, on, you mean Sunday school? Like you were, you yeah, were. Yeah. We would lead the kids and uh, we would. We went off the rails. We never followed directions. We did our own thing because I wanted kids to learn relationship, not, you know, in the box thinking. I wanted them to learn out of the box thinking. So anyway, we were doing that. And uh, I found out my dad died. It was a Sunday morning at 6.50 or something. And I went straight out the door to a Bible study. And then I went straight to church to lead the kids. I kind of just shelved it. And uh, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't know how to tell the emotional, my emotional truth. So I didn't tell anyone. Uh, I sat at home crying silently and in a fog and all those things for a week. Then the next Sunday came and I had my stuff ready to go to teach the fifth and sixth graders again and kind of repeated the whole cycle. But the fifth and sixth graders, they would get dismissed after that, like mid midway break. Mm-hmm. So I was there for the midway break and just as we were being dismissed, they said, um, and, you know, please play for Rochelle Jones. Her dad died. And it felt like they had just taken, you know, a bat and whacked me over the heart because I wasn't expecting that. Uh, I didn't know how to receive all the eyes and all the attention. So I think that was terrible, very badly mishandled. We don't just broadcast someone's intimate life out into a congregation of 300 and some mm-hmm. people. 
So there was already that feeling off kilter. And somebody walked up to me and said, oh, Rochelle, you know, I, I, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Don't say sorry unless you killed him. So, but she said, I'm so sorry. And I said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I barely even knew him anyway. And I shut it down and left. So I, after the, you know, after we taught the kids and the church is done for the day, someone did come to me and say, and it was so dear and precious. It was one of the few moments and I'll always remember that. I hope I will. He said, listen, do you remember Jesus and, uh, and Lazarus? And went through the whole thing. And he said, so what, what happened? Tell me the story. So we kind of talked the story and he says, you know, Jesus, he knew he was going to raise Lazarus. He knew he was going to do that. Right. Yeah. But you know what he did when he got there and he was with his sisters, what did he do? I don't know. He stopped and he cried with them. Rochelle, you're allowed to feel this. You don't have to say it's okay. It's okay. It was the most tender moment I had in all of my all of my time there. So after that, um, the standard meal train, you know, I think there was a meal train. Some people from our family group brought us meals and you said the meal kind of meal train? Yeah. Do you not know meal train? No. Oh my sakes. Meal train's great. <laughs> I wonder if your wife knows about meal train. But meal train, when people have a baby or they have a death or something, it's a I think it's a free platform, a free website that uh, you can put in meal delivery dates and how many it serves and for you know a range of time. And people can sign up and they bring meals just to kind of help buy you some time so you can Okay. Wow. sit your grief or whatever it is okay yeah they're pretty neat they're caring okay. So I, okay I think there was that to be honest aldo i can't remember a ton so i can't remember a ton okay um it was right around yeah there wasn't it was i mean still i had work to do yeah i didn't know how to acknowledge my grief and how to request stillness and pauses i didn't so i just went right back into busy it's my way S- so I want to I want to kind of transition away from the the talk about the the church and I want to I want to talk more about this this grief, right? And and one thing that you said was striking. Um it was two things and 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 I guess we'll handle them uh uh independently of each other, but one thing you said is that grief recovery is focused action work. Oh yeah. And then another thing that you said was there's 40 types of loss that can cause grief. You did some research, Aldo. Yes. There <laughs> I mean, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> when I got these glasses in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's your first set? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got this in the summer, man. They, the DMV said, sir, you need glasses. I said, show you right. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I've been waiting oh for this moment. Goodness. I've been waiting for this moment since 1977. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but anyhow, you 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 mentioned that there's uh, 40 different types of loss that can that can cause grief, mm-hmm. and you also said that grief recovery is focused action work. Whichever one you would like to start with first. Okay. Uh, well, we'll just go in the order. Next time on The Reclamation. And I don't know if I've been able to, if I would have been able to stick through it 
unless I had these tools to help my energy come back down right away, you know, and then get back in the game. The people who were with learning about God kind of becomes our relationship with God too. <laughs>